Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. I'm continuing the series that Greg's been doing on being unmasked, but I want to start by reading you a story. So settle back, because it's a bit of a fable or fairy tale that you've probably heard before. It's called The Emperor's New Clothes. If we could have the picture up, that'd be great. Once upon a time, there was an emperor who was obsessed with himself, his appearance and his achievements. The emperor was anxious to become the most popular emperor who ever lived. He wanted to win popularity at any cost. One day, two dodgy fashion designers, it's a bit more modernised, it wouldn't have been in the original version, two dodgy fashion designers came to the palace, claiming to make the most beautiful range of clothing imaginable. The emperor was excited about the beautiful clothing, so he sent one of his trusty servants to inspect the designer's work. Good Lord, thought the servant, I can't see a thing. The dodgy designers begged him to step closer to see the quality and workmanship of the special fabric. The poor man stared long and hard but couldn't see a thing. He thought to himself that he must be a fool, and fearing the the emperor's volatile response, he left, deciding not to say anything about the invisible fabric. He told the emperor that the clothing was magnificent, so the emperor commissioned a new outfit for the spring royal procession. The emperor's ever-faithful yet disloyal entourage continued to mutter platitudes such as, What style? What imagination? People around the emperor had learned to tell him what he wanted to hear rather than the truth. The emperor finally came to see the garments for himself. He stood in shock. As he could see nothing, he said to himself, Am I a fool that I cannot see? If I don't wear this outfit, everyone will know that I can't see. Oh no, nothing could be worse than that. Desperately worrying about what people might think, the emperor, in complete denial, said, This fabric is stupendous. Nothing could be finer. The day of the royal procession was drawing close, and the emperor was presented with his new clothes. The crooked designers pointed out all the wonderful detail. All the members of the royal court smiled and agreed. Meanwhile, the emperor was secretly feeling like a complete fool, but the need to protect his image consumed him. Standing in front of the royal mirror, he pretended to look impressed. A perfect fit, he said firmly. Not wanting to be seen as fools themselves, the servants stooped down and pretended to lift up the royal cloak from the ground. Everyone was going along with it, further fueling the denial in which the emperor was living. The procession began and the emperor stepped out in his new clothes. Suddenly a voice called out from the crowd, shouting, He's got nothing on! The emperor is naked! The people started to whisper and murmur and laugh, and it wasn't long before the emperor heard what everyone was saying. The emperor blushed deeply, realising it was true, but pride and fear overtook him, and he insisted that the procession go on. In royal fashion, he walked on, completely naked, except for his underwear, with his servants holding up his invisible cloak. Just then, a young boy spoke up above the crowd. Your royal emperor, sir, I thought that I might come and tell you that everyone is laughing at you. Can't you see what's wrong? The emperor's heart sank at the boy's honesty. He couldn't hide behind his pretense any longer. There was something compelling about this young boy's honesty that demanded the emperor to face the truth. The next day, the royal court cheered with gladness and relief as the emperor had dressed himself for the first time in a long time. In his newfound freedom, the emperor and his subjects were able to live free and happily ever after. It's a good story, isn't it? Hey, you all know that one. So today, I'll just pray before we kick off. Father God, 
Thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that it brings to all of our lives. And today, Lord, as we just look at taking off yet another mask, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be the one that would be speaking into our hearts and into our lives. So open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds to hear what you would say to us today, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. So this is week three of Unmasked. The first week, if you haven't been here, um, Greg spoke about hiding from God. Last week, he spoke about hiding from our sin. And today, I'm having a few moments to look at another mask. We sometimes wear the one of self-deception or hiding from ourselves. It can be quite easy to see the lies in other people and the lies they're living with and make judgments about them. But can't always... It's not always easy to see it in ourselves. Jesus, when he's speaking to his disciples in Matthew 7, 3, says this, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So easy to do. Pick, Pick at everybody else and never see the actual plank in our own eye. I'm struggling with this light. I need to go back. It's too bright. There we go. We all want to put our best face forward. And we want people to see us in the favourable light and approve of us. Nothing wrong with that. We all want to be liked by people, just like that emperor in the story. These days, social media sites like Facebook, or as I heard just recently, Fakebook, enables us to have a profile or an image where we can put up whatever we want others to see. We can edit it as necessary, but your online life may not necessarily be a true reflection of your real life. We can live our lives with an inaccurate view of ourselves, totally blind or oblivious to the truth about the real us. And I read this statement recently. It says this, Those who don't know, don't know, they don't know. Get that? Think of that for a minute. Those who don't know, don't know that they don't know. Totally oblivious. Living in a world where don't hear, see anything about themselves. And the longer we view ourselves through a distorted lens the more likely we are to believe a distorted truth about ourselves. And how we view ourselves can be very different to how others view us. Very much so. I love Psalm 36 too. It says this, In their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their own sin. You might believe that you're really, really good at something. Possibly like singing, maybe like Matt. You might be one of those contestants that goes on X Factor. (laughs) Don't you love it? Oh, no, I actually feel sorry for those people. And I often wonder if it's a joke or they really, really do think that they can sing. They get up there in front of the judges and they're just downright bad. Now, I don't know if people in their life have told them their whole life that they can sing or what, but um, they're pretty deceived, don't you think? Some are beautiful singers, others are just terrible and they should never sing. Now, look, something like that, they'd be like me, actually, Actually, I used to whinge a lot about um, being in the band. And one night, I think we had a night service, they put me in the band. They said, here you go, you're singing tonight. And I'm like, what? And I thought, I'd be really awesome, you know, because I can sing at mainly music with three-year-olds. I'm really good. It was really hard. I didn't like it. I've never once wanted to sing in the band since. So I take my hat off to all you guys that can sing. It's not my forte. Singing in front of people might be harmless. But... When we get to a place when, we, when Psalm 36 says, we get to a place that we cannot hate our own sin or behaviour or it begins to affect 
or destroy relationships, then it begins to be a problem. The more adamant that you are right, the more likely you are wrong and living in deception. Okay, think about that one for a minute. I do so not have a problem with that. And I brought a little mask along today. I thought it would be a bit of fun. Some of the things I've been thinking about during the week, things we hide from. I think you know you're living a lie when you're very defensive when somebody says something to you. And I've written a few things on this mask. It might be some of the things you might hear yourself saying, No, I don't. I do not. I am not an alcoholic. I can stop any time I like. I'm okay. It's no big deal. I don't overspend. I just like to go shopping. It's not hurting anyone. Why should I stop? Everything is fine. I love my body. All those things, just little things that we say, put the mask on, yep, love my body. I can do all those things. So I'm just going to pop that there so you can have a little look at that. Defensive. Are you ever defensive, I wonder, when your spouse or someone you love begins to speak into your life? just want you to be thinking as I'm speaking. Sometimes our own insecurities drive us to keep up the pretense and keep the mask in place. Pastor Paul de Jong has a great quote. He says this, Second only to sin, insecurity is life's major blockage between us and God. Insecurity drives us to give control away to others or hold so tightly under our own control, putting on bravado that all is well. Meanwhile, underneath our mask, our life is crumbling. I think we all like to think we're walking with God really closely, and I hope you are. Going to church, coming to church, being part of this, living our lives in the light. But in fact, sometimes I think when we live with self-deception, we're living in darkness. And this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. And that's in 1 John 1, 5 to 6. So how do we know? What do we do? What can we do if we do not know we are doing anything wrong? Living blindly, unaware totally of what our life looks like. You can know the truth and allow the truth to bring the light of Jesus and transform you. It can be pretty scary to take off a mask when you've worn it for a long time. It can be really uncomfortable because when you're wearing a mask, it's really comfy when you're hiding. No one else can really see the real you and it begins to feel really comfortable. You can feel vulnerable and exposed if you have to take it off. But the Word of God tells us that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's a great piece of scripture in John 8.32. Something we all need to grab a hold of, I think, is truth in our lives. You don't want to continue living your life hiding God knows the real you. You can't hide from him anyway. He created you and he loves you. And he wants you to be living a life of freedom and abundance, fulfilling the plans and purposes he has for your life. And you can't do that if you're living with self-deception and behind a mask. So I'm going to have a look at three things today. Three things, living in truth, we're going to look at are praying, listening, and changing. Okay, so the first thing we're going to look at is pray. And I love Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. First thing we need to do is open ourselves up to God, to the Holy Spirit every day. Open yourself up. And just as the psalmist says here, ask God, is there anything offensive in you? Now, that might be a strange thing to have to do. But do you know what? It's a really good thing to do, to humble yourself, get rid of your pride, and sit before God and say, okay, God, is there anything in me that I am totally unaware of? Okay? And he might just whisper something to you. He knows you intimately. He knows your struggles already. He's just probably waiting for you to actually ask him. We're all self-deceived in some way or another. And we can all have excuses for our behaviour and be very, very quick to blame others. But ultimately, I think we are the ones that are responsible for the way we behave and our choices, not others. I know for me, I can be, my family will laugh at this, um, and my team, <laughs> I can be controlling and bossy. No, no, my um, married, what's, what do you call it before you're married? Your maiden name used to be Ross, Robin Ross. And they used to call me Bossy Rossy. Okay, so, yeah, that was me. <laughs> but I do have that tendency. I could call it leadership. I could call it just direction, giving people direction, which I do do. But if I'm not careful, it can be offensive. And I can tread on people and get so busy trying to do the job, I can just knock people over and not even see them. So I've had to bring that to God. And he's had to work in my heart and soften me and lead me so I can lead people the way he would like me to. In the recent prayer time that I was preparing for this, I thought... God, am I wearing any masks? I thought, oh, you know, as Greg's been preaching, I think, oh, I'm pastor, I'm doing okay, I think. Am I wearing any masks? And um, I felt the Spirit of God just whisper into my heart um, this, that um, most of the time I believe that my confidence and trust is always in Jesus. That's what I say. It's what my mouth says. My confidence and trust is in Jesus. But the fact is, some of the time, not all the time, but some of the time, it's in myself and in my own ability. And this has just been my journey right from the word go. Um, and it limits my capacity and it limits what God wants to do in me when I don't fully give myself and my trust to him and it keeps coming back to my own confidence. I don't know if any of you feel like that at times. So I have to can stay humble before God and I have to lean in and keep letting things go, keep handing them over to God, especially when I'm feeling like I got hold of them really tight. It's just one of those things. That's just my little journey. Are you willing to be open and honest before God and ask that question? Is there anything offensive in me, God? That's the first one. Second thing we need to do is to listen. Prayer is wonderful and it's always needed. But sometimes we need to speak into a situation. We need to listen to God and we need to listen to him speaking through those who love us. Okay? And there's another beautiful scripture here for this one and it's Proverbs 15, 31, 32. It says this, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. I love this verse because it describes correction or rebuke as life-giving. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you would consider correction as life-giving. As a kid, 
Probably not. When your parent tries to discipline you, you don't think, oh, praise God, my parent is disciplining me. It's fantastic and it's going to be life. You actually don't like it. If you, Most people would agree, I would think. Not if you agree. Um, but this is a great verse to ponder on. Life-giving correction. Sometimes we have to love people enough to be able to bring a life-giving correction, to get in their face, so to speak, and speak the truth in love. At other times, you might be the one on the receiving end of a life-giving correction that in turn brings understanding to your life. Again, don't let pride get in the way and stop you from listening to someone. But it's only a relationship that you can speak into somebody's life. You can't just verse up to somebody and start correcting them. If I see someone, a new person walks through the door, I just can't go, oh, excuse me, do you realise that you do this and that really annoys me and whatever, da-da-da, or I see this in your life. You can't do that. It has to be out of relationship. You earn trust with people in your life that you build into. Then you get to speak into their life and that can bring that life-giving correction. But you can only do that when you're in relationship with people. You can't do it in isolation. And that therefore you always hear us talk about life groups here at church. It's so important that you get to be part of a group of people that get to know you. Because here on Sunday... It's all music and fun and lots of people and it's really lovely but very rarely do you get the opportunity to be vulnerable and really let somebody know who you are or maybe some of your struggles. But in a life group, six, eight people meeting all the time, they get to know you and if you're having a bit of a rough trip in life, you can actually then just let it out and have people come and be part of your world. So... That's relationship, okay? It's not easy to hear things that you don't want to hear, especially when it's about you. Particularly if you are insecure, you may feel threatened by the truth. But if more than one person who loves you tells you something, you need to listen. Okay? People love you and they want to speak into your life. Don't keep shutting them out. Don't keep ignoring them. The verse in Proverbs reminds us that correction brings understanding. And I can certainly testify to this. Um, over the years, we've done Fall in Love, Stay in Love, the marriage course you've heard us talk about. We actually wrote that course. And in that course, we give couples opportunity to speak honestly into their marriage. And um, that includes us because we actually do the course with the participants. And um, it's a pretty tough thing to do sometimes, to give your partner open slather and go, okay, what do you see about me that maybe could be causing you grief in a relationship? Um, because it's not, as I said, it's not always easy to hear, but we did, we've done this many times, so we've been able to chip away at it. But the first time we kind of did it, I was like, I'm pretty good, you know, I don't think there'll be much going on here. Um, and we kind of had to take a step back and, by the way, I think you've got a bit of an anger problem. What? That's why I said step back before he told me. Um, he said, yeah, because one of the things that we kind of guide the people through and there's different things that categories of what we call love busters because they're a negative thing that get into a relationship that destroy love. So this was one of the love busters that he identified in me was this angry outburst. So um, I started instantly defending myself. 
oh, but if the, if the kids would just do this, this was in the younger days. Okay, we don't have any kids at home anymore, and I hope I'm not angry at home because I've got no excuses. Um, we had four little kids. Oh, if the kids would just do this, or if someone would help me in here. And my father used to be angry, and I'm all right, aren't I? You know, da 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 da. And you know what? That's what can happen when we're defensive, insecure, and we don't like being told the truth. But it was truth for him, and I had to take it on board. And of course, as soon as I actually began to listen to the truth, it was like, yep, he's actually right. So then it was my responsibility what I did with that. I had to then go to God. And it was um, a bit of a process, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I was able to... um, Realise it was truth and then realise, yep, I have to do something about that. Um, None of this is perfect. We all have blind spots where you just don't see things about your own life. We need to listen to those who love us, whether it's family or friends who can see those blind spots even if we can't. So I've been thinking about a few scenarios, life things, that might trip us up or force us to hide behind the mask of self-deception. So I'm going to read through a bit of a list here that I've written, and you may recognise yourself in them. Okay. And even if it's not yourself, maybe, maybe there's someone really close to you that you can identify and you can take the same strategies and help them. So you might be deceived into thinking that the bottle or bottles of wine or grog that you drink every night is not affecting your wife or your husband or your kids, even though he or she might be telling you constantly that it is. Your friends might be telling you, young people, that your boyfriend is a loser or a jerk and you just can't see it. You go, no, he's not. You're defending his behaviour all the time, scared that you might be left on your own. Your spouse might be telling you that you're overspending on the credit card or that your gambling that you're dabbling in is getting out of hand and you're not listening, but your bank account is in big trouble. A friend might tell you that you are often rude and overbearing with people and your response might be, oh, well, they're just oversensitive. That's something I probably would have said. Um, We all have different personality traits which can be evident in, in a variety of ways but they can bring heartache for those around us if we stay blinded to those things. Your family might show concern about your tendency to disappear to the toilet after a meal, knowing fully well that that meal is being purged, yet you constantly deny you have a problem. You may think that the hours you spend on video gaming is not affecting your relationship or schoolwork or uni work, even though your parents and your teachers are constantly trying to tell you otherwise. You may think that the images that you're having a little sneaky look at late at night are not affecting your marriage or your relationship with your partner, yet he or she is is drifting further and further away from you. Your spouse and maybe your GP has suggested you might have a weight problem, but you ignore their input and keep on eating, even though you're miserable about the way you look in the mirror. You may be feeling so desperate and in pain that you may be cutting yourself, even when you can hear the voice of your very best friend telling you that you need help. Your partner or spouse might be telling you you're having a love affair with your phone. I know it sounds crazy, but you know what? It happens. Spending so much time on the phone that you're neglecting the key relationships in your life. But you just pull it. You go, oh, that's not right. That's not true. 
Well, friends try to tell you maybe that they notice you tell a lot of lies or you bend the truth a lot, but you will not acknowledge it's the case. Or oh, we'll swing it around just for this one. It might be the other way around. You're told by others that you are amazing and you have an amazing talent in a certain area, maybe playing an instrument, sport, creative writing, acting, whatever it might be, but you won't believe it and you continue to believe the lie that you are useless and you couldn't possibly achieve anything because that's what you were told growing up and that's what you've come to believe. So I don't know what it is for you. I don't know your life what lie you might have been believing for so long that it doesn't even feel like a lie anymore. It just feels like truth. But we've all got to listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit when he brings conviction to our heart and to listen to those who love us and care for us and don't ignore it. So my question is, what's God trying to tell you today? What's he trying to show you? What's he revealing to your heart? Don't push it away and don't cover it up anymore. God won't condemn you. Condemnation comes from the enemy, not from God. The enemy is the father of lies. He would love to keep you locked up in your life, in your self-deception, because then you don't achieve much for God because you're just stuck in this place. The longer you stay in darkness, I think the more power that something has over you. If you hide something in about your life, it's like in this darkness and it just gets darker and deeper and the harder it is to get out. But once it's out, if you share it with someone or talk about it, somehow the power is broken and it's brought into the light and God's light can shine on it and it takes away that power. So it's so good to get this stuff out and get away from out under those masks that we're wearing. And don't let pride stop you or feeling shame because Jesus covers that shame. Okay, so whatever it is you're trying to hide from, believe that God is there waiting for you. And as I say, it might not be you. You might be going, no, this is not at all me. But maybe it's a partner, a spouse, a child, someone in the close um, family, because often when they're going through this, we feel their pain as well. So it's just as important that we, we learn this stuff for our loved ones as well. So we're going to pray, ask God to show us offensive things in us. We're going to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to those around us who love us. And then we need to do this. We need to change. And I'd love to tell you that it's easy, but it's often not. And it takes time and it's often a process. As I spoke about the, um, in the marriage course when I had the anger thing I had to deal with, I'd love to tell you that Greg told me that I had anger problems and the next day I was like beautiful and peaceful and spoke so darlingly to the children. Um, but I didn't. It just takes time. When you're stuck in habits and things you do, it just takes time. But it is possible to change and that's what you need to know. You don't have to stay stuck in these um, self-deceptive lies. I just had to work with God and allow him, I had to keep giving it to him, reading the word of God, getting that into me and just asking him to lead me. And, and I occasionally do get angry, but I'm nowhere near that same person that I was back then and I really do credit that to God. Um, so a great starting point in life to change is to learn what God's word says and obey it. And in James chapter 1, 22 to 25, this beautiful piece of scripture says this, Do not merely, merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word 
but does not do what it says. He's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We have the word of God to lead us through life. And just about any problem you can think of, there will be some beautiful wisdom in the Bible that will help you negotiate it. But we need to actually look at it and then we need to obey it. It's no point getting our Bibles and coming to church, listening to the Word of God and then going out the door and never looking at it again. That doesn't bring change. So we've got a decision to make when someone reveals truth to you. Whether you do anything about it, whether you take the mask off or whether you just leave that mask on and totally live under the lie. If you keep doing what you want rather than what is right, nothing will change. You will stay stuck in that belief system and you'll continue to live deceiving yourself and others. There's a couple that came to mind when I was doing this um, in our previous church. They came and asked Greg to marry them, a young Christian couple, um, but they had been living together for quite some time and they said, oh, you know, we want to get married and all the rest of it. And Greg said, yeah, that, that, that's good. But he said, I'd really like to, um, you to look at something for me. And he spoke to them about the truth of their living arrangements. He said, if you two are Christians and you profess that you love God and you want to have God in your marriage, you shouldn't be living together before you get married. And I suggest that you think about maybe separating just for a time and then come together on your wedding day as um, people living apart. And they took it on board and they actually did did do that but he had to confront them with the truth that was their decision what they did with the truth they, they could have said oh blow you we'll do what we like we've been living together what does it matter but no when the word of God was revealed to them they actually thought about it and thought yeah we're actually not doing the right thing by God we're going to be obedient and they did it and then they just got married and it was all, all good but so Greg had to challenge them on truth but that was their choice what they did with it and it's the same for you and I it's our choice what we do with it it's hard to take off a mask when we had secrets hidden for so long. But and if you are going to do it, it's important to have support. You know, if someone, if you're finally going to start dealing with some of these issues that I spoke of before, you want people around you. Jesus is there waiting to wrap you in his arms and to love you. But it's really good to have people around you that will help you and that you can lean on. Because it's hard. It's hard when you're beating maybe it's something that's had a hold of you, an addiction or something. You may have been drinking for a long, long time. It's really hard to let go. You might want to, but you're going to need people around you. You know, think your struggles. And this is where it's so important as a church that we just love one another. We don't judge one another. We're just there for one another. And we want people to get free. Um, and I think it must be hard for a child. I was thinking about this especially a teenager or maybe a young adult, admitting to their parent that they have a problem. Because we all want to please our parents and those closest to us. We want them to approve of us. So we tend to hide under that mask maybe longer than what we should. We don't want to bring our parents pain. And I, I speak from um, experience, knowing what it's like to have a child going through a lot of pain in life. Um, and it's hard. But do you know what? Especially speaking to you young people, your parents will always love you. We love our kids anyway. Regardless of the mess sometimes they make of their life, we still love you. 
So if you have got some stuff, don't let shame, don't let pride keep you from sharing with parents or with a good friend. I, I mean that. I mean that. We, you know, we just do, don't we, parents? You just love your kids. And um, we will help you. Your parents will help you. Friends will help you come through. And sometimes we need to get professional help. Some of the stuff we've got, we've been hiding for such a long time. It's not lovely to pray about it, lovely to share with your friends, but sometimes you just need a professional to really help you process that as well, which is great. So I'm going to stop for a minute and just think, who in your life have you got that you can be real and transparent with? You can honestly talk to them and tell them about some of these secrets. I hope you've got someone and if you haven't, can I encourage you to find somebody? It doesn't have to be a whole heap of people, just somebody in your world that you can trust and just say, you know what, I'm really struggling. I'd love you to come alongside me. We all need that somebody, okay? Um, again, hopefully if you're in a life group or you're in church, somehow there's somebody around. I want to tell you a quick story about my um, friend who she had a daughter who went to Sydney straight after school. A young 18 year old was a good dancer, um, took her down to Sydney, joined a contemporary dance school, not, not a ballet school, a contemporary dance school. She wanted a career in dancing, always going well. Until mum on weekend visits, mum started to realise life, something wasn't right, something wasn't going on the way it should have been. And it wasn't long before. An eating disorder was discovered and she's since found out that it's very rampant in that industry where it's all about how you look and found out um, she really didn't like her body because she wasn't the right shape to be a dancer. Dancers are long and lean and very thin and she wasn't. She was a really good dancer. So she really, really struggled with her body type and it turns out she was had bulimia and binge eating and it was really destroying her and she pretended for a long, long time that everything was fine until life just crumbled. And the whole family came around her and they've all been seeking professional help to help her come through. And she's doing that. She's doing that. However, it's taken a lot of honesty, time, prayer, effort, support, counsel, self-examination for her to get the breakthrough. How can you see? Change can be hard work, but it is so worth it. I don't know where this girl would be if she hadn't finally allowed her family to speak into her life. She's still got some health challenges that are consequences of that long-term abuse on her body. But she's now living unmasked in freedom. And she's decided not to go back to Sydney to ever finish the dancing because she's sensing God has another plan for her life. Um, And that's a true story, very, very recent true story. But you too can get your breakthrough. If you're brave enough to take your mask off and live up to some of the deceptions that you might be currently living with. You might have your happy marriage mask on today. Your marriage might be in total disarray, hanging by a thread. But when someone asks you, how are you going? Great, life's great, thanks. Whilst in your heart, you're crying out for somebody to talk to and tell of your pain. Please, take off the mask. Reach out. And be honest with God, yourself and others. So we rewind that. Living without a mask looks like this. How's things going? Well, since you asked, not great. I'm really struggling in my marriage. I don't know what to do. I would love it if you'd pray for me if you have a minute. And just openly going, you know what? 
life's not that great. I need someone with me. Alternatively, you might have a happy parent face on. When asked how your family's going, you go, great, and how's yours? But the reality is, you've got a child really struggling who's causing you pain. And you're longing to share it with someone who can encourage you and understand you. And I just want to put Ashley, and oh, there she is at the back. The other day, Ash, when you stood up here on Mother's Day and just shared so openly about your parental journey, well done. You took off the mask and said, you know what, it sucks with this parenting thing. And what she's also done is she's reached out, you know, because I've journeyed a little bit with this as well, and she's reached out for encouragement and prayer from someone who's been through a similar circumstance. And that's what church is about, leaning on each other, encouraging one another, not pretending that life's all rosy, being real with one another. And that's what the body of Christ is so good at doing. We're not perfect, but we're just hopefully there because we love one another. Now, I don't think we should be dumping our problems on everyone. Take the mask off and suddenly go, blah, 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 blah. I think you've got to be wise who you share with. You know, not every person who comes along, you're going to go, oh, well, you are some verbal diarrhea. Be wise. Just have somebody in your world that you can be real with. And don't be frightened. I think sometimes we hold things in a bit thinking, Oh, they're just going to think I'm this big winger and I'm always constantly talking about my problems. Well, you don't want to be like that either. But there's a balance. Yeah, hope you hear my heart and what I'm trying to say. You know, just don't pretend that everything's wonderful when it's not. And you might be sitting here thinking, no, I know good things. I've dealt with most of these issues and I'm sitting really good. And that's fantastic. I hope you are. But you might have another mask on. You might have a religious mask on. Pretending that you're walking close to God, but in reality, you haven't talked to him in months. You don't even know where your Bible is. Stuffed in a cupboard somewhere when we moved six months ago. Mm, not sure where that Bible is. Can I encourage you today? Just get real with God. Draw, go, draw close to him. He's just waiting. Waiting for you just to reach out and lean back in to him and start afresh. He's just there waiting for you to connect. Grab your Bible, dust it off, get it out, whatever it is, electronically. Let it nourish your spirit. And let it be a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. Because that's what it is. Sick of pretending? Are you ready to take your mask off? I hope you are. I really hope you are. I hope something I said today has just encouraged you maybe just to get a little bit real with yourself, with God, with others. Be praying to God in your little prayer time, saying, God, is there anything in me that I'm not seeing? And let him show you. Secondly, listen to God and listen to those in your world. Be honest enough. Can I, this is a challenge. This is a big challenge. Maybe sometime in the next little while, if you're married or in a very close relationship with someone, be brave enough to actually ask, is there anything in me that maybe I'm not seeing and be brave enough to listen and take it on board that's a big ask sounds easy yeah I can do that we don't like hearing it but do you know what if we want to become all God wants us to become we've got to be real with one another not run around with fake masks on pretending we're someone we're not and listen if I've got something offensive about me I want to know about it if I've got something in the teeth like a big, ugly, big thing in the teeth. I want someone to tell me. And I want to turn music in that. Please tell me if ever. I'm a shocker. I come with clothing inside out. I'm just one of those people. 
They don't need you to tell me my shirt's inside out, okay? Don't be like the emperor. Laugh behind my back. Tell me, I won't be offended. I'm just a nut. I just don't take that much time to notice things. Um, and thirdly, change what you're doing. Make your actions and behaviours line up with the truth of God. Get help if you need it and get someone in your world and be accountable to them. You know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free to be unique and a beautiful child of God that you are, created in his image to do great things. And I'm finishing up with this lovely um, quote from Mother Teresa. Don't you love Mother Teresa? Listen to this. This is beautiful. It's all about life. Life is an opportunity. Benefit from it. Life is a beauty. Admire it. Life is bliss. Taste it. Life is a dream. Realize it. Life is a challenge. Meet it. Life is a duty. Complete it. Life is a game. Play it. Life is a promise. Fulfill it. Life is a sorrow. Overcome it. Life is a song. Sing it. Life is a struggle. Accept it. Life is a tragedy. Confront it. Life is an adventure. Dare it. Life is too precious. Do not destroy it. Life is life. Fight for it. And I've added this. Life is a gift. Do not hide from it. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.